There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, podcast fam? We're back, baby. It's been a minute since we've recorded one of these, and I'm so pumped to be coming at you today with a new Bits of Gold podcast. I know it's been a quick minute. We put the show on pause, trying to make the show better, trying to come out with better content, better stories, more helpful stories of inspiration to help you build your dream life. We have so many interviews lined up with incredible guests to share their stories of moving forward in the face of adversity and ultimately building their dream life. We'll be dropping a new episode every single Monday morning, incredible stories lined up, and I can't wait to share them with you and to inspire you to get out there and build your dream life. On this episode today, I have my dear friend and big bro, Ben Luntz. Ben Luntz is an angel investor, a partner at Indicator Ventures, lost his dad young, and is actually in the process of moving to Puerto Rico to continue to build his dream life. Really pumped to share this episode with you today. We dive a lot more into my story, my feelings, and what I've been going through recently. We actually recorded this episode last week on my dad's birthday. It was such a gift to share that time and space with him and really excited to just share some lessons I've learned in facing loss and dealing with grief and in navigating time as it relates to the several years since it's been since my dad passed. So with that, I hope you enjoy this episode. Bits of gold. We're back, baby. I thought to kick this one off. It's my dad's birthday, and I thought that I would share some feelings that I'm feeling and pondering today, and I thought since you're my big bro, you might have some wisdom to impart and share, and maybe it will help some other people who tune in. So today, January 21st, 2021, is my dad's birthday. It's been six years since he passed away. I honestly do not count anymore. Like when I woke up this morning, I was thinking, I don't know how old my dad would have been. I don't even know how long he's been dead. And it's something that like I think about a lot as it relates to time and grief. You know, just as the more time passes, the more distant I feel to my dad. And I think specifically what I think about a lot is that the dad that knew me versus who I am today are two different people. And, you know, like when my dad was alive, I was 20 years old and I had all these preconceived notions around the world, life. Before he got sick, I didn't even know or realize or have any sort of thought that 
kids, lose parents. I was just living my bubbled, sheltered life. And now, six years later, I think about how much my life's evolved and how it's just like funny. Like, I think, what would I want to tell my dad? And I'm like, um, if only my dad knew that my mom would die five years later, I wouldn't even imagine my dad taking that news. So I just think about though how much my life has changed and how today I am such a different person than who I was then. And I think that's why I feel so distant to my dad, just because who I am today versus who I was then are two different people. And I know that, you know, you lost your dad so much younger than me from when I lost my dad. But I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are and if you feel similarly in that regard. And I feel so grateful. I I do want to say that, like, I feel so lucky to have had the 20 years that I had with my dad, because obviously I'm cognizant and recognize that not everyone is that fortunate. But I think that that's the thing that is the shittiest today on his birthday. Just that the time that like, I know this is probably very different for you because you were truly a kid, but like 20 year old Danny versus 27 year old Danny, I'm a different human now. And I think that's, what's the most frustrating for me. Like my dad didn't see that piece of me. Yeah. We're going deep. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, listen, it's, uh, there are a couple of things that popped up in my head as I was listening to you talk you know, you covered a, a bunch of things, so I'll try and unpack those in no particular order. I'd say, yes, you're a different person, but you also have a lot of the same qualities, and you are still the same person, foundationally. You're the same human. You know, you've evolved, but that's how life works, right? Like, we live in a in a dynamic, ever-evolving, like, constantly changing world. Not, nothing ever stays the same, really. And you know, time is a function of that. As time moves on, things change with time. And I think for me, that's always been a struggle, right? Because as you pointed out, my dad died when I was so young. And I mean, I was, I was just, I was eight and a half or just turned nine years old. And so like, I wasn't even like developed as a, as a human yet. And so, so many things, you know, my, that, you know, my dad wasn't there to, to witness or to be a part of, and so, so many things that I feel like I missed or he missed or conversations that I wanted to have, which we never had a, a chance to have. But, you know, that is, that is the reality of, of the situation. And, you know, as time goes on, like it does create more distance. I mean, it creates more distance just quite literally, you know, as time goes on, your memory starts to fade. And, and so I think it's important to try and, and be proactive. So like being mindful about closing that gap and trying to, you know, maintain that gap. For me, for many years, I didn't do a good job of that because quite frankly, I think it was like a coping mechanism. It's painful. And so you avoid being exposed to that pain, you know, by avoiding thinking about it. I often talk about, I wrote this speech that I I gave at a fundraiser after my first year of experience camps. And I talked about how you know, I had this box of photos that was so important, but I, I never, ever looked at them. So there's so many things about my dad that I don't even like know about. And I found, you know, as I've in the past several years, as, as I've gotten older, more mature and more comfortable with dealing with the loss, I've become and tried to be more proactive about 
engaging friends and family to tell me stories about him and to you know to try and keep his memory alive. There's a really really cool holiday called Dia de los Muertos, Day of Day of the Dead, and and it's just like it's this this holiday to celebrate the people that you've lost, and I think it's like such a cool concept. And I wish we had something like that, and I'd almost like to adopt that holiday. Where it's just like once a year, you just you take time to like remember and acknowledge and celebrate the people or person that that you've lost, and yeah, I think that that's that's important, and that helps sort of close that gap. And you know, just bringing it full circle, like the change is going to happen, like it, it's inevitable. That's what I was trying to say initially. Like as time goes on, things are going to change, your memories are going to fade, like you're going to grow further apart from that person, but but you can never lose that person. I mean, the fabric of them is in you. And so like you're inevitably connected. And so, yeah, I think like perspective and attitude is, is so important as, as you know, and, and you're so good at focusing on and reminding me of all the time <laughs> and so many other people. I think that's what this podcast is about. So I think, you know, on your dad's birthday, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to celebrate him and, and try and, you know, and, and reflect on like, you know, that growth and those changes and how, yeah, you've become a different person, but how has that been inspired by what you know about him or, or how he influenced you? And what would he think about that? Yeah. So one thing that I've been thinking about quite a bit, and we sort of touched upon it. So like you said, change is inevitable with time. You know, as time moves forward, you hopefully grow, evolve, and things change. I feel as if almost I manufactured some change in my life as a result of losing both my parents. And some of that change I created to help defend or to help sort of protect myself from some of the really raw, emotional, and painful things that I've experienced. And not necessarily that it's bad, you know, that this like defense mechanism that I've created is a bad thing, but. I definitely recognize that there is some change that I've created in my life where I actually feel pretty good about it. I'll explain it. When my dad died, I felt like at that point, my number one job became, I'm going to figure out a way to take care of my mom. It felt more like a duty and obligation. And it felt like that was sort of like my purpose. And that's, I feel looking backwards, that's what sort of kept me going. Whereas When my mom died, I really felt like I hit sort of this depression where for the first time in my life, everything felt gray. You know, I remember one day walking outside and it was like such a beautiful day during the summer, but all I could feel is like numb, like I didn't feel anything. And I just sort of was questioning what the whole purpose of life is. And I'm obviously a very optimistic person. So like, I've never truly felt that way. And I feel like that's probably what it feels like when you do hit or when someone is like deeply, deeply depressed. And after my mom died, I feel like a piece of me died with her. And I sort of like built back up the new version of Danny Goldberg. And that new version saw the world like entirely differently. Like today, the way I see the world as a result of both of their losses is that each day is a gift, not a guarantee that like I'm grateful to be sitting here in this virtual room with you having this conversation 
And I'm just grateful to be alive, healthy, and like able to go out and live my life. And I truly feel that way. Like I'm very optimistic, but it's very hard for me to also feel the pain associated with my mom's loss or my dad's loss, because I'm sort of in this state of just like, you know, I tell you all the time, I guess it's very, very difficult for me. I feel almost somewhat removed from, let's call it pain in some ways, because I feel like I've already lived through hell. And it's not to say that more bad shit won't happen to me in the future, because it's definitely a possibility. But I feel like as a result of what I've lived through, I've calloused my body to say, life's hard. I'm going to move forward and build this life I love. In some ways, that pushes off those raw emotions and is sort of like a defense mechanism. So yeah. I feel like I created this new Danny Goldberg. Yeah, too. I think that's a very astute observation. I Before you said that, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you know, I it's part of it is is a protection mechanism or a defense mechanism, as you were saying, you know, it's, you know, and I know that that's, that's also not totally the case because I know that you do, you know, get sad sometimes. We all do, right? Like we're, we're human. That's normal. And so, you know, I think our perspective is like, is everything, right? It's like how you see the world, how you see things and whether it's like, you know, literally like what color you see something or how you perceive an event and you could perceive, you know, death of a loved one to be a really shitty thing or to be a positive thing. And the reality is, is it's, it's all of it. Right. And, you know, and so it's like, what's the, what's the narrative that you create the story that you, you wrap around it and that you tell yourself and that informs your perspective for how you, how you see things and how you think about things. And I think you've done a really, really good job of creating this narrative and giving yourself perspective to deal with, with these really shitty things that have happened to you. And, you know, that's kind of what life is about in some ways, because the reality is, is that, you know, shitty things are going to happen to everybody in life. You know, it's not a question of if, it's just a question of when and to what degree. And so we're just not in control of, of things, you know? So despite like, you know, how we perceive the world and everything is like good and, and like shit just doesn't go as planned, probably more often than not. So yeah, so it's a really important perspective to have and, and useful, but you can't lean into it so much that you're completely numb and, you know, you can't be kidding yourself, right? So yeah, it's it's like everything, it's about having that balance and, and perspective. Like, I feel like I'm living it, but how does someone else who might not have that perspective, like... You might hear a friend, you know, bitch and complain about something and you're like, you might be thinking, where's your perspective? That is so not a big deal. But to that person, that might be the biggest deal. Well, so, but I, again, I think that goes back to like the narrative and the perspective, right? You've created this, like people create these, like these worlds, these scenarios for themselves. And it's like with work or with school or whatever, oh my God, if I don't do this, then I'm like, this bad thing's going to happen. And, you know, we all live in a, in a framework and a society and there's expectations and all that stuff. But I don't know, like there's also you take a step back and it's like we're so fucking small. <laughs> like we're so small. And like, what does it all mean? And, you know, I, I don't know, health and happiness or what it kind of what it all boils down to. So I feel like sometimes if you can take that step back and like take a deep breath, you realize like in some ways, none of it really matters. 
Yeah. Well, and that's, that's important. That's the important perspective. Like, and you got to balance it, right? If you go through life saying nothing matters <laughs> all the time, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that, that would create a good outcome. Uh, but I think at that, you got to have some, some, some grounding, but there's a lot of shit that people get angry about, frustrated about. And I'm, this is something I work on all the time, but that is just so fucking stupid and meaningless. And like, <laughs> but it's, it's not because it's important. Like it's because we've made it important or someone else has made it important. And it's, you know, it's like, what's important? Like breathing is important. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. But we take that, we take that so for granted. We totally do. Well, for me, one thing that's, that helps me with perspective is like, is getting outside and, you know, we live in a really beautiful world and there's so much beautiful shit around us. And I think we often, especially today, increasingly more so with these digital devices get sucked into like into these screens and then into ourselves and into our minds when we are not absorbing the physical environment around us and like, and just being appreciative for the, the littlest things, you know, like the sky, the, the clouds, the birds, the sun, the moon, like the, these, these beautiful things that surround us. And yeah, you know, and then there's, you know, news and social media and all that craziness. So yeah, the news is crazy. It's easy to get ab- absorbed today. Yeah. And to get upset and to, you know, let that start to change your perspective and create this like narrative that's like, in a lot of ways, just fabricated right? Like we create as social creatures, we create all these, like these narratives and a lot of them just like, don't really fucking mean anything <laughs> at the end of the day. So yeah, I don't know. Now we're starting to go, go a little bit deeper. But. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard for me because I'd say I tend to fall more on the spectrum where I always sort of bring myself back at least recently to like, this holds no meaning and no consequence in the long term. So it's like, the little things that might bother the people that are important to me. It's easy for me to go and say, what's wrong with you? Why are you getting upset or why are you getting frustrated about that? And that might come off as like lack of empathy, but it's just sort of that my perspective is that like, if I'm breathing, going back to what you said, like life's good. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a really positive perspective and one that I agree with, you know, the more I practice that, the better I feel. And so that said, it's easier said than done. And, you know, it's not something that it's not a perspective you always had. And so, you know, I think just like part of being a good person and living harmoniously is also just like respecting other people, you know, and their development in their space. Right. And it's like, you know, hopefully they can get there one day. Maybe you can help them. (laughs) Maybe not. But yeah, you know, it's like, look, think about how you felt, you know, in those moments when nothing mattered and you were just like, I don't fucking care about anything. I just want my dad back. Like, like, there's no way this is good. There's nothing good about this. And I don't know. I think that that tune has changed for, for both of us. And, and it's a weird thing to say, you know, like, and I'm not saying that it's a good thing that your dad died. Not a good thing that my dad died. That's not good. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think in, in bringing this conversation full circle is like, well, no, it fucking sucks. Hard stop. We would change it in a second if we could. That goes without saying, but we can't. And so let's look at like, what was the good that came of it? It's a fundamentally bad thing, but what good came of it? And 
you know, it influenced both of us to get to this perspective, which is a, is a valuable thing that is empowering. And, you know, that callousing that, that you were talking about, right? Like, yeah, that's a good part of it. And it's something that, you know, I forget what the statistics are, but I know that, you know, something like the majority, like, like increasingly higher percentage of, of people that have lost a parent or a loved one or struggled with, with loss early on tend to be successful, whether starting their own businesses or being professionally successful otherwise. And I think it's just, you know, it makes sense. You deal with all this adversity, you build these muscles and develop experience. And whether it's callus or muscles or whatever, it's, you know, that's makes you a little bit tougher to you know, get through or accomplish whatever that next thing is. And so, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Like you said, you would obviously trade anything to have the person back. I typically don't ponder or like think about even the hypothetical question because it's just like so far from reality, right? But it's dangerous to think about it like that almost for me. Because it's like, mm. how can you, you're just like, it's like false hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I used to say that because of where I am today, I'm grateful for all that I've experienced. But I think I would really reframe that today where it's not that I'm grateful for what I've experienced. I'm grateful that I've had the ability to take what I've experienced and build this new narrative like what you were talking about. Yeah, I think that that's very well put. Because you sound like a psychopath saying you're grateful your parents died. And it's not that. It's it's more just that I am very happy with what I've gained as a result. Not that I would trade it. Like, obviously, I would trade it in a heartbeat, but I've just evolved to such a degree where I feel, I don't know if this would have ever, like, I sometimes am curious if both my parents were alive today, like, what fucking bubble I'd be in right now, you know? Hmm. Like, yeah, I would have such a different take on the world, and besides the people that are important to me that I wouldn't know, like, even that all as an aside, like, what view I'd have on this world and how how different it would be and how I'd probably be walking around, you know, thinking, focused on all the wrong things. And I do feel grateful that it sucks that I lost my parents young, but to be 27 and walking with the perspective I have, and I really feel to have, like right now, I feel like each day, my number one goal is to be happy. And I ask myself every day is how... I'm about to spend today what I want to be doing. Typically, the answer is yes. And if it's not, I start to seek change. And I really do wake up in this grounded state of just like, holy shit, I'm alive and healthy. I'm blessed. Today's a great day. So, you know, like, that's awesome. That's a gift, you know, like that. And maybe I would have gotten there some other way, some other somehow. But I think back to my life as a 20 year old before my dad died. And, oh my God, like, it's hard to say because I was just the kid, but, you know, the things that matter to me then are so insignificant now. Yeah, uh, that's very well said. And uh, it's a great outlook on life. Seriously. It's super productive and, and it's it's funny. It's like, you know, I think you're very fortunate to have gotten there and gotten there so early in your life and to be able to. You know, a lot of people listen would listen to that and go, oh, that's great. But like, it's great in theory, right? It's like, it's great, Danny, that like, 
you know, you don't like something, you're just going to change it. Well, glad that you can do that. Like I have two kids and I have a wife and I have this job and it's like, so what? Change it. Like, it's like, you know, but I can't because, but it's like, yeah, because what? Like, and if you go down that road, just like, so, so what? Change it. Like, just change it. Like everything. And I think COVID is, has been a really good thing, not keeping up our, on our theme of classifying horrible things as good. It's been good because it's been an accelerant in, in terms of like, you know, people questioning what they're doing, whatever, you know? I mean, myself as an example, I'm moving to Puerto Rico, as you know, and I'm really excited about that. And I think probably something I've always wanted to do. And for many times I've been like, oh, I could never do that. It's like, why not? Well, I'm, you know, I live in New York or California and I have this job and it's like, yeah, but you could make it work. And anyways, so yeah, I think, you know, it's a liberating way of thinking and Dude, but you know what I would say to that? I agree with you, but I would have a debate with that person who'd say, I have a wife, two kids any day of the week. I don't know how I can necessarily solve their problem. Maybe if you were a little bit younger, but this is something else to change the total theme here. But (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people fuck themselves up. They fuck their own lives up because I'm going to rant here for a second, but so many people that are young in their 20s have all this societal pressure put on them by their family, their friends, their parents, their teachers. And I still think much of the narrative is go to school, get a job, pay the bills, climb the ladder in some regard, not saying everyone should become an entrepreneur by any means. But I think, and I'm also cognizant of the people that are less privileged and may not be able to get to school, etc. I'm leaving all that out as an aside, just for the time being. I think a lot of people that I know, they go to school, they get that job, they get that raise, and slowly, little by little, they have lifestyle creep. And all of a sudden, they're living in a house, they're paying for some expensive car that they don't give a shit about, and they have a wife, they have some kids, or vice versa, and little by little, your lifestyle expenses go up, and maybe you continue to stay at that job that you were started when you were 25, 26, 27. And you stay there because it paid for your lifestyle. And little by little, you end up in this self-imprisoned jail that you created yourself. And you wake up one day and you say, this isn't really what I want to be doing. Isn't but that, I feel like in some ways you might have put yourself there. Isn't that the definition of a midlife crisis? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's, dude, that's, that's what a lot of people do. I mean, that's, that's society, right? And that's, that's like, it goes back to this narrative. Like there's this like generally you know, accepted narrative that you have to, you know, do certain things in order to like, you know, be productive. And whether that's getting married, whether that's having kids and starting a family, going to a certain school, getting a certain job, driving a certain car, living in a certain neighborhood, even living a certain way. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are in their like 20s. Like I know so many people in their 20s that let's call it then, are going through a midlife crisis and they're starting to question, why am I doing what I'm doing? I hate what I'm doing, but I'm staying here because I'm collecting a paycheck. Like I think in some ways, and I don't know if it's from social media, but I know so many people who are a couple years out of school who are living lives at least nine to five, like in terms of their professional life, they're completely miserable. And I always tell them, no one forces you to go to that job. And then they say, oh, but I have an apartment I need to pay for. Yeah, but you chose to live in that apartment. That's something that you made a choice to get out of it then. Right. But that's, that goes back to sort of that, that narrative, the societal narrative 
sure, they could go live in a, a cheaper apartment somewhere else, but maybe they're not going to be near their friends. You know, maybe that, that means they're not going to be like in Manhattan where it's cool and there's cool bars and restaurants and, you know, those things to do. You know, we live in a society where like those things cost money <laughs> and you got to earn money to do those things. So, you know, it's generally hard. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where money sort of tends to influence people. And um, I don't know, like, I, I think, I think part of the issue is people need to, I'm a huge proponent of like people finding what they're good at and what they like early on in life. And it's like, I've said this a million times, like being successful is finding the thing that is at the intersection of what you're good at and what you like. And like, if that's the case, you're not, it's not a job. You're, you enjoy what you do and you're good at it. And, and if you're really good at it, you'll ultimately figure out a way to, to monetize that. And I think what happens is people just like don't think about that and go through the whole early part of their lives, like just like cruising, like, and our parents are, you know, tell us a lot like, oh, don't worry about it. No pressure. You're going to figure out what you want to do. And then it's like, oh, all right. Like, oh, you don't know. What you, well, you're going to go to college now. You're going to go to liberal arts college. You're going to learn all these things and you'll just find the thing that you want to do. And it's like, that never fucking happens. Like, you know, you go to college and you get drunk and party and like, before you know it, it's like four years is up and you're like, shit, now I got to like go in the real world and you're scrambling to get a job and find that thing that's going to pay, you know, that's going to support your lifestyle. And I think the better way to do it is just, again, earlier on in life, find those things that you're really, really good at and that you like, that you really, really love and just focus on those things. And don't go to school unless, you know, you have the ability to like further those skills and interests. And, you know, I, I think that's the best way to do it. And I think, yeah, just the system that we have is what creates a lot of like what you're describing in those, your friends, those, those kids in the early twenties that are just, you know, graduated college and just have a job like that they hate because they're just trying to check that box of like a job that pays them well enough. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a dumb narrative. I think like I put myself in a parent's role and I think what would my future self tell my kids? And I just be like, pursue what makes you happy. Now, obviously I know that, you know, like you said, you need money to live, but I do think that there's, there's so much external pressure to like, like you said, move to Manhattan. That's the most, ex one of the most expensive cities in the world. Totally. And, but again, I think the onus is on the parents to help guide the kids earlier on. And I remember when I graduated college having a conversation with my stepdad about like what I was going to do. And, and his advice was just follow your passion, do what you love, you know? And it's like, cool. Like that would have been way more helpful, like earlier on. And, you know, and, and it would have been more helpful for you to like support those interests earlier on. So I could develop skills around them. I got, out of college and I was like, oh, I like music. Well, I'm going to go work in the music business. And it's like, okay, like it's fine. And I, I did enough fortunately in college to help, you know, build the foundation of a resume to get me a good job or good enough that I could then build on. But I don't know. I think I would have done a lot better if I had started earlier. And I think the passion would have been different too. Like I think if I had truly followed my passion, I would have, you know, not finished school and or not gone to school and instead like gone and lived in like a ski town or something and kind of just like figured it out. And I don't know whether I ended up being some sort of a, a I, who knows? I don't know. I think but, my dad told me something similar. He was always like, find what you love and you'll build something great. But it is funny advice because if someone told me, follow my passion, 
dude, I am passionate about like 40 things. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm passionate about golden retrievers. I'm passionate about fitness. I'm passionate about music. It doesn't mean I'm going to go become a musician. I can't even, I can barely play my guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's why it's like really important to start early. I remember earlier on, like, I remember telling my parents I wanted to be an architect. I remember being good, like liking art class and that stuff. Like, I don't know, like my parents should have nurtured that more and like it enrolled me in classes to like to do that and like really like continue to like follow through on it and see if it's again, like see if that passion links up with something like something that I'm actually good at, you know? Mm. You know, I remember, you know, really loving like wood shop, like just loving that. You know, I would I wish I did more to cultivate that. All right. So it's been almost a year since you came on the show last. Oh wild. So I'm curious, any bits of gold you want to leave as it relates to life or building a life you love prior to departing for Puerto Rico? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I probably nothing that that's all that groundbreaking, but yeah, you know, I think just like, you know, really trying to be true to yourself and honest about, you know, what you like, what makes you happy. And, you know, not being afraid to put yourself in a position where you can do more of, of that. And, you know, trying not to worry about what other people think or, or say, and just, you know, try not to compare yourself to other people in that regard. And, because, you know, that's challenging. And that's, you know, you talk about these narratives, whether it's a larger overarching thing or it's day to day in social media and just constantly, you know, sort of having these expectations about what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be living, how much money you're supposed to be making, you know, when you're supposed to get married, how many kids you're supposed to have. And yeah, again, it's just, you know, try and try and stay true to yourself and, and really, really be honest about the things that are important that make you happy and and then, you know, try and position yourself to get those things and feel good about that. Like never feel bad about, you know, doing the things that, you know, that make you happy. And well, in theory, if you do that, you'll increase the odds of, of being <laughs> happy. <laughs> I love that. Well, there you have it. How to live a life of happiness. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Oh, yeah, you got it, brother. And uh, also, living somewhere tropical doesn't hurt. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward. It's it's an honor and a privilege to come on this this show. I can't believe it's been one year. I'm so proud of you for, for all you accomplished. I remember when this was just an idea, and you're like, I think I'm going to do a podcast. And, and meanwhile, you know, a year later, and you've got, you know, close to 100 episodes and all these amazing people. And yeah, it's just it's fantastic. I'm really proud of you. I'm not surprised, but I can't wait to do the next one. And in particular, because it's going to be from Puerto Rico. Mm, love that. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Bits of Gold for 2021. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you liked this episode, if you were inspired from this episode, if you learned something in this episode, please take a minute, share it with a friend, subscribe to us, and leave a review. It would mean the world. New episode dropping this upcoming Monday. I hope you all have an amazing week. Get out there, build your dream life, build your dream 2021, and have an incredible week. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.